Good morning, everybody. In this week's Bible study, I'm going to continue um, linking in with our preaching theme, which is a path to spiritual growth, where we have been using uh, as a brief starting place the book Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. And uh, we have chosen just a few of those spiritual disciplines to reflect on um, also at the same time as we journey towards Easter. So it's in this period of Lent that we are looking at the spiritual disciplines and how they can help us on our spiritual journey. Um, and then I think that each one of us, um, certainly those of you who are listening to this Bible study, um, have at your heart a desire to grow in your in your faith, to understand more about following God and and what it means to be a Christian. Um, so thank you for the time that we have today. Um, I'm going to be going into a deeper reflection on fasting today. And um, it would be helpful if you have a moment, um, just have a look on the website or on the YouTube page to, to reflect um, on the short message that I shared last night in the Ash Wednesday service, um, also around fasting. So some of those things will not be repeated in the Bible study. Um, but I wanted to try and paint a um, kind of a broader picture on the um, on the discipline of fasting, but taking us um, to to kind of the origins of that and what is still practiced within the Jewish tradition and within the Christian tradition. Um, so yeah, if you can get your Bibles out, and I'll just say a prayer for us, and then we can get into our, our weekly Bible study. So let's pause, try and drown out some of the the other noises and distractions around us, and just center ourselves. Come, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the gift of this time. We ask you, Lord, that as we learn more around the topic of fasting, that you would open our eyes to see things that perhaps we have not seen before, and that, Lord, your Spirit would be continually refining us, sanctifying us, and shaping us. And so we pray that this time would be fruitful for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. So the couple of scriptures we're going to look at today, but more just as an overview, first of all, to mention that in the Old Testament, we, we find that there are four, roughly four common reasons as to, as to why people undertook a fast. The first one, you could look at the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel 31, to, to see that in that context, people, when they wanted to express some kind of grief, they would go into a fast. Often you hear the phrase, you know, sackcloth and ashes fasting. So that's the one context in the Old Testament to express grief. Um, another context would be to, to indicate a really true, honest time of repentance. In 1 Kings 21 verse 27, one can have a look at that to see when someone really wanted to repent or as a nation to repent, fasting was often introduced as, as part of that, just, just to show the, the true integrity of that repentance. The third um, time that fasting is used in the Old Testament is also um, to emphasize the uh, certain remembrance of religious festivals or events that have taken place in the past. Um, and there's a number of those that, that take place in, uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, particularly, I think the Day of Atonement in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 29, uh, roughly around about there, we will find reference to the Day of Atonement. And then the, the fourth occasion that we see fasting take place in the Old Testament is um, when one couples 
prayer and fasting together. So when one makes an appeal to God, uh, I guess one shows one's seriousness and, and integrity. One would obviously um, couple the, the prayer with that, that time of fasting. Um, I know that Daniel particularly was one who did that. Um, one could also have a look at 2 Samuel chapter 12, and then you will you will get an idea of that too. So that's just a little bit of a, of a, of a background. If you look um, at Jewish tradition even today, um, there are a number of fasts. Uh, the first ones are, are kind of what they call major fasts or full fasts, and there's two particular ones that are kept um, the one is in remembrance of Yom Kippur, and that's um, the first one. The second one is called Tisha Ba'ev, Tisha Ba'ev, and and both of these full fasts, and you can do some research yourself, um, are interesting that they are from sunset to sunset. So, for example, if you are listening to this today, it would be sunset tonight to sunset tomorrow night and that that was because it's a major fast so that's a full 24 hours or so then there are a number of minor fasts and there were at least four that took place um, and those were from dawn to dusk and uh, so yeah basically sun sunrise to sunset and then there were also some other fasts that were done by some of the communities customary fasts and also depending on certain um, celebrations or certain memorials and so on, people would would fast or still fast. Now, I don't really want, because of the sake of time, to go into all the ins and outs of those now, uh, because some of those fasts were, because they were just for one day, were abstaining from food and water. Um, the longer ones, obviously, one was able to to have water, because it's not wise to go long without without that. But that's just to give us some overview of that. So very much a, a common practice, even in uh, Judaism today, certainly in the Old Testament, very clear. And then in the New Testament, um, we we come to, to the example of Jesus um, in a passage from Matthew chapter 6, which I referred to in, in the message last night, is where Jesus speaks about true, true fasting. Um, so in that whole passage, remember Matthew 5 and 6 and 7 is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is, is offering some guidance to his followers. And in Matthew chapter 6, it's interesting that he mentions giving, he mentions praying and fasting. Um, and you can have a look at that in your own time. But just notice that Jesus uses this phrase a number of times in that whole chapter. He says, but when you give and when you pray and when you fast. And so it's, it's, we see that as a very um, simple understanding that Jesus was not saying one shouldn't give, one shouldn't pray, one shouldn't fast. He was definitely adding his authority and affirmation to those practices. Um, and so, you know, we certainly in the modern church must not think that fasting is something that was only done in the Old Testament and part of the old law, and, and we don't have to do that. Jesus certainly would have fasted, and obviously he prayed and he gave. So so we see that in, in our response as followers of Christ, these are disciplines. So the discipline of praying, which we dealt with last week, the discipline of giving, and the discipline of fasting are, are things that Jesus would have advocated. But what obviously he spoke very strongly about was the reasons why we did this. And I think this is the essence of, of the passages I want to look at today. So in Matthew 6, 16 to 18, Jesus 
calls out the Pharisees. He calls out those religious people who were more than likely fasting one, two, three days in the week. And they were doing it to make themselves um, known. So as you can kind of read between the lines there, Jesus is saying, you know, don't look grumpy and disheveled when you're fasting because what's going to happen is you're going to draw attention to yourself. He said, rather sort of wash your face, put oil on your head and and really go about your daily business as you would normally do that. And so your fasting is done not to win human approval, but so that there is this connection between yourself and, and the Lord. And your father who sees what is done in secret will, will, will reward you. Um, and so Jesus gets to, to the heart of that. I mean, straight away he says, look, there, there must be the right motive in, uh, in our fasting. And this brings us back to, to the two passages from the Old Testament that speak about the exact same thing. And that is Isaiah 58, which I touched on briefly in that message um, on Ash Wednesday, but then also another one from Zechariah 7. So let me do the Isaiah 58 first. Um, and, and for sake of time, again, I'm not going to read it first and then speak about it. I'll just pull out one or two thoughts. If you have your Bibles open to Isaiah 58, it would be a good thing. Um, because we, we see that what Isaiah is is really saying to the people is, hey, come on, guys. Um, we we aren't doing the, the fast with the right motives. And so Isaiah speaks on behalf of God. Um, and he also, we, we find just the, the, the way the language and the construction of the chapter is done. There's this... There's this response from the people also. Um, so the people in verse 3 say, well, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? And I think this is, uh, this is the, the, the core of the wrong motives because the, the people of Israel were fasting on the outside, if you like, so doing the religious thing. But what they were really wanting was to try and manipulate God. They were saying, okay, Lord, if I fast or if we fast, then we expect something in return from you. Um, if you even go back to verse 2, you'll see that, that this whole deception is, is already there. Verse 2 says, for day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. And then also later on, they ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near to them. And, and I think that that word seem is quite, quite crucial here. Um, so, so the people of Israel have this, and I love the phrase, relig religious veneer. They, they have the outward appearance of being religious. It seems, and it could be mistaken, that they're eager to know God's ways and they're eager for God to come near to them. But there is a hidden, uh, an ulterior motive that's lying beneath the surface. And this is where Isaiah, um, on behalf of God, gets to, gets to the crunch of it. He says to them, listen, on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. And I think that line is, it could cover a whole lot of things. He does mention a few things here, like they exploit their workers, they end up quarreling and in strife, they end up punching each other with wicked fists, um, and, and, and so on. And, and the very simple thing is, friends, is what Isaiah is saying, or what God is saying through Isaiah, is this, listen, I, I see through you. 
Um, you fasting on the outside, you making it known that you're fasting, you may be doing it as a whole community, you fasting, but it's not actually changing the way you live your life. Um, fasting should deepen our commitment to Christ. It should make us more in tune with God. It should make us more spiritually aware and, and it should help us to bear fruit. Um, fruit that changes our lives and changes the lives of other people. But Isaiah says, listen, it's not. It's not. You, you, you're still exploiting your workers. You're still fighting with one another. And so, come on, you need to, need to rethink this. Um, and, and he even says in verse 5, he says, is that what you call a fast? Is that what you really call a day acceptable to the Lord? And then he goes into this, um, yeah, into this, this, verse 6 and 7, where he says, well, is this not really the kind of fasting that I have chosen? And then he mentions to loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? So he, he's saying... Um, and, and each each one of those obviously is important for the community of that time. But he's saying, as a community of faith, we need to show our our relationship with God in how we treat one another, um, and and it's not happening. And so then he says, verse eight and nine, he says, well, if you get that right, then then God will will answer you. Then you will hear from the Lord, um, and then you will hear God say, look, you, here here I am. Okay, so, so that's what Isaiah is saying. And there is a little bit of a, I suppose, a, a worry in this um, as I'm thinking about it is, you know, is God saying that, that he'll only hear from us, he'll only answer us if, if we are perfect? Um, I certainly hope not, and I don't believe that. But I think at the core of it, God is saying, I want to be in relationship with you. We know that right from the beginning of the scriptures. Um, I want to guide guide you. I want to speak to you. I want, but I also am not stupid. I can see what's at the core of your heart. Um, and so I think again, this is for you and I. Um, we don't have to beat ourselves up about this because none of us is perfect. But it's in understanding that, but also coming to God with humility and and what Isaiah calls true fasting, that I believe we begin to be more in tune with the will and the purpose of God. Okay, I hope that makes sense. Let's go over then to Zechariah chapter 7. Um, if you're wanting your Bible, Zechariah is towards the end, just before Malachi. So it's the second last book of the Bible. And in chapter 7, the whole chapter is about justice and mercy and not just fasting. And again, we could, it's a different time and a different context, but the, the issue is the same. Uh, people have been fasting, they've been doing all of the outward religious things, but their lives haven't changed. So I'm going to just start reading from verse 4, and then I'm sure we'll pick up the, the story. Then the word of the Lord Almighty came to me, ask all the people of the land and the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and the seventh months for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? And when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? Are these not the words of the Lord proclaimed through the earlier prophets, when Jerusalem and its surrounding towns were at rest and were prosperous, and the Negev and the western foothills were settled? 
And the word of the Lord came to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. In your hearts, do not think evil of each other. So I'm going to just stop there. And, and again, we have this commentary coming from another Old Testament prophet saying to the people, yes, you can tick the box. You can go to um, the, the synagogue. You can go to the temple. You can have this outward appearance of being religious. But if it's not changing the way you treat the vulnerable, you treat the poor, not impacting the way that you worship God, then, then what's the point? And this is, I think, where we bring it into to our own time and our own context, um, because this period of Lent is a time where we should be reflecting on our own spirituality, um, asking ourselves questions like, are there any things that we should perhaps be fasting from? Um, and the most obvious things would be things that we feel that we can't go without. Because the very simple premise is, um, have these things become uh, a idol is quite a strong word, but if you, if you know what I'm saying, have these things become something that I really feel that I can't do without. So, I mean, it could be we often use food at this time because it's the most obvious thing that if I fasted from uh, coffee or I fasted from chocolate or I fasted from bread or something, that that would be something that every time I went to drink it or to eat it, I would be conscious of this choice not to have it. Um, and, and I really leave that for you in, uh, in your relationship with God to work that out. Um, I always just encourage us to be wise. Um, please, we shouldn't be putting any of our health at risk in this. I don't think God wants that. But it's something small like this that could just heighten our awareness of God being the one who is our sustainer. Jesus says in Matthew's Gospel, um, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So for, for me, if I decided to give up, uh, I know in previous years I, I gave up Coca-Cola, um, you know, it, it doesn't make me a saint at all. But what it does do, it just makes me conscious that if I go to the shop and I'm about to put the Coke into the trolley, thinking, why am I doing that? Uh, why am I not doing that now for this time of Lent? It's because I want to show myself but also to disentangle myself from the need always just to go to get the Coke from the fridge. Um, and it's a simple thing. It's just about, I think, re reminding ourselves that we are not reliant on the things of this world, but on, on God. Now, if that helps you, then by all means do that. Um, some people may choose to find a day in the week during the period of Lent, so that it would probably only be for about six weeks where you fast from sunrise to sunset on that particular day. And, and then I, I urge you, please take liquids on that day because you know one doesn't want to go from no fasting to a complete fast without being sensible. But, but really work it out yourself and choose something. If you, if you want to ask someone to keep you accountable, you, you're welcome to do that. But the idea is that this is between ourselves and God. Um, we're not doing it to manipulate God. Um, sure, if there is an issue that you're wanting to pray into, maybe the prayer and fasting can, can bring us to a deeper place and a deeper connection with God. By all means, um, wrestle, wrestle with that. 
but fasting is one of these disciplines that are, I believe can can deepen our spirituality, can help us to allow the roots to go down a bit deeper. Um, and so, yeah, have a look. There's, an, there's also other scriptures that would speak about fasting. And if you have time, do a, do a simple search on, on Bible Gateway or something like that, and you will find a number of those references to, uh, to fasting. There was a quote that I found, and I'm just going to try and have a look at it now. Um, yes, it is actually from George Eliot. It's in an old commentary that I found on, um, on Isaiah 58, where, where he speaks um, about how the Israelites became irritable. So, you know, their, their fast was meant to make them more holy, but in fact it made them more irritable and, um, yeah, they quarreled more in the end than actually what, what was planned. And he says this, and I quote, um, he speaks of the Israelites, he says, whose celestial intimacies seemed not to improve their domestic manners. So if you remember the passage from Isaiah 58, he says, um, the Israelites whose celestial intimacies seemed not to improve their domestic manners. And I think that's it's obviously a lovely way of putting it, is that we should not get to that place in, in any of these spiritual disciplines, by the way, where we think that our celestial intimacies um, are making us more and more holy, but actually what they're doing is they're making us more and more irritable um, and more and more unpleasant to be around. Um, the idea of any of these uh, disciplines is that they draw us closer to God um, and we start to see the fruits of the Spirit develop in, in our lives. Um, that surely has to be the purpose of this, otherwise we really are, are missing the mark. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to leave it there for us today. Please, if you have time, look at that Zechariah 7 passage, uh, look at the Isaiah 58 also um, and and just see whether we can't um, experiment you know couple the idea of prayer and fasting together and maybe you just choose it um, as a small start to do it one day in the week um, and maybe even just to skip one meal if you can and use that time to you know maybe when you would sit down to have your meal Use that time to get a, a, the, the book of the Bible out or another book that you're reading and just to spend that time with the Lord and just see what happens. Um, have a journal there with you if you have a journal and just allow the Lord to speak to you in that. So friends, thank you. Thank you for listening to all my ramblings. I, I pray that uh, as we continue on this journey of faith that we may um, yeah, just encourage one another. Um, as I always say, the, the journey of faith is, is hard enough as it is. And yes, we do it alone many of the times, but we should always remember that we do it in community and we can pray for one another and encourage one another. So God bless you. I did put onto my blog uh, yesterday, for those interested, um, a, a, a poem or a piece of writing from Pope Francis on, on another aspect of uh, fasting. If you want to have a look at that, then you're welcome to do that. Thank you, and God bless you. Bye-bye.